Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what's going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I am your host, Patty Eminger, otherwise known as Patty Pop Culture. I'm a famous TikToker, Instagram baddie, um, Instagram model, Twitter comedian, famous YouTuber, ungaslightable baddie bitch i hope you guys had a wonderful christmas i hope you got a lot of presents and had a great time with your family and i hope you're excited for new year's even though covid is kind of ruining everything i hope you still have something fun to do me and my friends had so many plans this week that i just don't think are going to happen anymore we even planned to go to taylor swift night at a gay bar where they were literally just going to play taylor swift the whole night remixes to her songs and like drag queens were going to dress like her and it was going to be so much fun but i didn't go because of covid because i'm trying to be a good citizen and just because i'm afraid of covid so but yeah covid's kind of ruining ruining everything right now but it is not ruining this podcast today there are some great lessons we're going to talk about a lot going on a a few fun things i guess um taylor swift is getting sued i mean that's not fun taylor swift is getting sued for copyright someone is alleging that she stole shake it up from them um, we're going to talk about Betty White turning 100 years old and her secret to staying youthful and young and healthy. And Kanye West bought the house directly across from Kim Kardashian's house. And a lot of people have a lot to say about it. People don't know if he's being a good dad or if he's being a stalker. So let's get into all that. Welcome to Pop Culture University. The first thing I want to talk about is that Miss Taylor Swift, songwriter of our generation, is being accused of stealing someone else's lyrics? Someone is literally accusing Taylor Swift of stealing Shake It Off from them. So let me tell you what's going on. So you all know Shake It Off sounds like I already played it, but these two songwriters who wrote a song back in the day for a girl group named 3LW called Playa's Gonna Play are alleging that Taylor Swift took the lines play is gonna play haters gonna hate from that song and the cadence in which they said it in both songs so it's apparently too similar so let me play some of this song from 3lw called play is gonna play that is virtually unknown Pfft, here it is Cause what they do, what they do. ain't nothing new So yes, you heard them say the same lines. Those are the same lines Taylor said in her song. Mm, but Taylor Swift has a lot to say about why she doesn't deserve to get sued. So let me give you some backstory. In 2017, uh, four years or three years after Shake It Off came out, they decided, you know, they wanted some money from Taylor Swift. So they were going to try to sue her. Everyone always tries to sue her. Everyone wants a piece of her crown. Shout out to EXO Brooklyn. Um, 
Taylor got the court the case dismissed in 2017 because the judge apparently agreed with Taylor back then that this was not a serious enough case. Those are two like commonly used phrases. There's no need to sue. They're not copying. But the songwriters of 3LW Song got the case brought back into the same court in 2018, and it has been ongoing since then. And recently in 2021, I don't know why it took so long, but Taylor was trying to get this case dismissed again because it was brought to her attention again. And this time the judge would not dismiss her case because they are siding with 3LW, it seems. So um, let me tell you, in his ruling three weeks ago, denying Swiss request for summary judgment, Judge Fitzgerald, I hate his name, I already don't like him, said that while Swift's side did make some persuasive arguments, the court found numerous factors that still met the legal threshold for potential similarity between the lyrics and their subsequent structure as framed by the plaintiffs. I don't even think we should call them plaintiffs. I think we shouldn't call them uh, whiny-ass bitches. Do you think Taylor Swift is going to try to steal someone else's lyrics, songwriter of the generation, is going to try to steal your lyrics from you, from a virtually unknown song. Don't flatter yourself, psycho. Okay, anyway, um, Taylor Swift then said back via her representatives, the presence of versions of the two short public domain statements. So public domain statements that she, she's talking about, our player's going to play, hater's going to hate. She's saying that those are public statements that everyone uses. Um a commonality that the court has noted simply does not satisfy the intrinsic test, saying that basically there's no reason to sue her. Otherwise, plaintiffs could sue everyone who writes, sing, or publicly says, player's gonna play and hater's gonna hate, along with other tautologies. Tad- I don't know what that means, but basically other commonly used phrases. To permit that is unprecedented and cheats the public domain. I completely agree with Taylor. It absolutely cheats the public domain. Those two phrases are way too commonly used to sue anyone over. Taylor's kind of been guilty of this in the past, though. I think she actually tried to trademark, like, shish, like she actually tried to trademark Shake It Off, um, like, the whole chorus. But back then, she couldn't trademark it because they said, like, all those lyrics in the chorus, like, player's gonna play, 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 hater's gonna hate, 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 um, faker's gonna fake, are all too well-known and uh, too in the public domain, so she couldn't trademark it. So Taylor's basically giving the court a taste of their own medicine right back to them. Like, bitch, if I can't trademark it, how the fuck is someone gonna sue me over using it? when you literally said they can't trademark it. It's so dumb. Anyway, 3LW responded and they said, or the songwriter said, we feel there is no basis for reconsideration and that this is just a music mogul and her machine trying to deny our client justice by outspending a fellow lower income artist. Totally uncool among artists. They are pulling out all the cards saying that this huge music giant is just using her power and money to get away with this and take their art not true at all your art wasn't that special like i'm not even gonna take it easy on these people their art was not that special do not pull out the where lesser struggling artists not at all um taylor's lawyers had a final response and she said these men are not the originators or creators of the common phrases players or haters or combinations of them they did not invent these common phrases nor are they the first to use them in a song their claim is not a crusade for all creatives. It is, cru- is a, it is a crusade for Mr. Hall's bank account, one of the men who are suing them. Absolutely. Mr. Hall, who is playing himself, said that Taylor is trying to take money from him by taking his art and profiting off of it, when that's literally what he's trying to do. He is projecting, and I'm glad Taylor Swift is standing up for herself. Do not take this shit. This poor girl is in court every week. Um, but, but, 
the judge's final ruling for now is that even though there are some noticeable differences between the works, there are also significant similarities in word in word uses and sequence structures. And that this case is going to continue to a trial of a jury of Taylor Swift's peers to basically find out if they think she is guilty or not. First of all, Taylor Swift does not have any peers. She is the artist of our generation, the songwriter of best songwriter of all time, one of the most successful artists to ever live. She has no peers, period. So no one is really worthy of deeming if she's guilty or not. But I think the obvious thing here is that she is not guilty. And I'm so sorry that an ugly bitch like 3LW would even, or the songwriters would even accuse you of that, Taylor Swift. That is such a waste of your time and good job for standing up for yourself. So what can we learn from this annoying ass case that Taylor Swift has to deal with? One, like Taylor Swift said herself, get a good lawyer (laughs) to dismiss any bullshit that comes after you. Uh, Two, please stand up for yourself. And when you know you're in the right, do not back down. Um, I'm sure Taylor Swift will be found innocent in this case and not have to pay any money or give them credits on the song. But yeah, don't take shit from anyone, especially not two grown ass men trying to think that they're better than Taylor Swift and that she stole their lyrics in your fucking dreams. Case dismissed. Okay, I was a little angry on that one, but we're going to move on to the next topic. That is that Kanye West bought the house directly across the street from him and Kim's old house. And when I say directly across the street, it is not a hop, skip and a jump. It is five feet across the motherfucking street. And not only did he buy this house, he was not going to let anyone else buy it. When this house went on the market in October, he bid over $400,000 of the asking price just to make sure that no one else had the capability or the audacity to try to bid against him. Uh, they were asking like uh, $4,078,000 or something, and he bid $4.5 million. And I bet you he would have been bid $20 million to get this house just so no one else could. Um, his ho- This house is like really not cute, though. Even though it's in such a good neighborhood like him and Kim's is... It's really worn down for Calabasas. Like, it's still in great shape, but it's really just, like, old style. It was built in 1955. Um, It's as old as MJ. I'm kidding. MJ's older than that. So Kanye really did a lot to get this house. It's a house he would never buy, and he paid way way over the price. But that location right across from his ex-wives is exactly what he wanted. So he wasn't going to let anyone else get that house. He actually gave a speech at, uh, like, a Thanksgiving food driver. He was saying that he's going to get back into the family situation any way he can. And if he can't be in the house, he's going to buy the house right next to the house. And I guess we, like, no one thought he was going to do it. But I guess we should have assumed he's Kanye West. He's going to do it. So um, people online, especially in my comment section, because I made a video about this on TikTok, um, people are debating if this is a stalker move or him being a good dad, like he said, trying to get back in the situation. I could see why it may be good, you know? North St. Chicago and Psalm could have easy access to their dad right across the street, and him and Kim obviously don't have to be together. Um, That can make co-parenting really easy. So this could just be him 
you know, trying to stay in his kids' lives as much as possible. Plus, it'd be nice if Kim and Pete want to have a night out. They don't have to call a babysitter. They could just call Kanye. He's across the street. If North or Saint need their dad for something, they don't have to look far. If they scuff their Yeezys, you know, it won't be a big deal. Just walk across the street. He got some more for you. So I get that it could be nice to have their dad really close to them. And when it comes to Kim and their marriage... I think this could be a good way that Kanye is trying to respond to Kim trying to fix their marriage. Kim said one of the biggest problems she had with Kanye is that he kept moving and he would go from state to state all the time. He would never stay in one place. He would never be home and she needed him there to raise the kids. So this could be his way of showing Kim that he is willing to be accessible to her at all times, not only to raise the kids, but just to be um, a better husband to her because she was saying she needs him to raise the kids and she wants someone to be able to do her daily task with and hang out with and work out in the morning and, you know, watch the same TV show and cook and stuff. Like she wants that simple, always together kind of feel. So that could be Kanye trying to show her that he's willing to give her that. So I get why it can be good. However, I also get why it could be bad and why I think people think he's Joe Goldberg and that he's going to have binoculars uh, staring into her house. Uh, I think it's bad mostly just because Kim has made it very, very clear with all of her actions basically since Kanye has been on this huge campaign trying to get her back that she does not want him back. And really anything he says or does is not going to change that. She even went so far as to change her last name back to Kim Kardashian, which she used to say she was never going to do. But now after he has intruded herself so much into her life publicly and privately, I'm assuming that she just wanted to give him a huge wake-up call like, hey, nothing you do, even buying the house across the street, is going to make me want to get back to you. So I think this is a really big just disrespect to Kim's boundaries. And he could have, you know, been a good dad down the street or in the next town over. He didn't have to intrude on her like that. So I just think it's really disrespectful. And Kim is trying to move on and she doesn't need, you know, Kim or sorry, she doesn't need Kanye spying with binoculars into her window when she's trying to give Pete his vitamins in the morning. I feel really bad for Kanye that he is now going to be at that home alone while his whole family is across the street. That makes me really, really sad and I do feel bad for him and I sense his longing to get what he used to have, that family dynamic back. Like how pissed must he be that Pete Davidson is living in his $60 million house, probably getting hot Cheeto stains on his modern cream color couches Well he is in his four million dollar house that's as old as mj however at the end of the day i think it's extremely disrespectful to kim who's made it clear she does not want to be with him anymore and he needs to respect that she wants to move on and he needs to try to move on in a healthier way he could be a good dad across the street or in the next town over and i know he's probably not accepted that yet but he really needs to but i don't know i feel like being across the street could still be helpful sometimes for them even though they're they're never going to get back together like ever um you know they could co-parent he can be there if they need something they have an extra space to go to Kanye can have his young girlfriends over and North can come across the street and ask if his 20 year old girlfriends want to come out and play you know it could be great for everyone so I think what we can learn to this learn from this is just to respect people's boundaries and let people move on when they've made it very clear that they want to do so and moving on in a healthy way I think the sooner you begin that process, the better. And don't let it get to the point where you buy the house next to your exes. Because that is crazy. Move on in healthy ways, people. Thank you.
Golden girl Betty White is turning 100 years old on January 17th, and she sat down with people to tell us all about her secret to living a long and healthy life. She is gracing the cover this month, and it is all about her centennial birthday, so we're going to get into that. But before, I want to say that on the cover, it also says, and her, and it's going to reveal who her celebrity crush is. And we all know who Betty White is getting into the stirrups about. It's Pete Davidson. Duh. It's a known fact that old women like him. Arna Grande's grandma likes him. So Pete Davidson, we already know it. It will actually be shocking if it's not him. But contrary to popular belief, not everything is about Pete Davidson. So let's talk about her secret to staying young. So Betty White had her own little uh, description of her, you know, idea of what kept her so healthy all these years and what kept her going. And she said her key is that she was born a cockeyed optimist. I think that that means that like, in spite of how bad the world is, she is an optimist. I don't really know what cockeyed means. I have an idea of what cockeye means, but anyway, <laughs> she said it is in her nature to be upbeat. I got it from my mom and that has never changed. She says, I always find the positive. Finding the positive after a hundred years of life is really impressive. I find the negative every 10 seconds. So the fact that she has continually found the positive for a whole ass century, you know, through all the world wars and all the assassinations and all the hatred good for her shout out to betty white she honestly deserves to live so long uh, after that that is a real talent uh she also went into what her diet has done for her to keep her alive all these years and she said well she joked because she's a professional comedian she's <laughs> the most seasoned comedian out here she said i try to avoid anything green and i think it's working the way she said back the vegan agenda a hundred years with that one statement, I literally went out of my way to make a green smoothie this morning for breakfast. But I guess tomorrow I'm going to have McDonald's pancakes and hash browns because clearly I'm doing something wrong. We need to get this girl on push. <laughs> Share with Kourtney Kardashian her secrets to a long, healthy, sustainable life. I'm sure Kourtney would die to know it. Her friends and coworkers who have seen her throughout the years gave their own little reasons why they think Betty has stayed so healthy and uh, alive for all this time. And a few of them are actually famous as well. One of them was Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. They've worked with her before in the past and are apparently good friends. And they all gave their two cents on why they think Betty White is still chugging along. One of her friends said, it's not like she's a bubbly, joyful person. She just wakes up every day and chooses to be that way. I think she leads a very purposeful life. I love that. I think that's really cute. That kind of goes along with what Betty said. And I think having drive and something to look forward to, you know, definitely keeps you going and alive. Like The Rock said, it's about drive. It's about power. Betty White stays hungry. She devours. Betty's friend Ryan Reynolds said, Betty lives a life of happiness. She always thinks of others first and she stays positive no matter what. Even when I beat her at our favorite game of gin and rummy. I like that there's a common theme here. Staying positive, you know, even if you could be at a card game. If I got beat at Gin Rummy, I'm flipping the card table and throwing the drink in their face. So maybe I should take some notes from Betty. Um, clearly, the whole thing here that is keeping Betty White alive is staying positive. I know it sounds so cliche to say, but being optimistic and staying positive really seems to be what uh, is keeping her going. And apparently she's in really good health, too. Nothing can kill her, it seems. You know, she's a bad bitch. You can't kill her. 
She is Miss Keisha. She can get Omicron, Delta, and the original flavor of COVID all at once, and she would just sneeze. What a, a that's literally my grandma too. She's got COVID like multiple times, and like is still an alcoholic and like ninety something years old, and she's doing fine. She steals pills that she's not supposed to take. She drinks every night, even though they tell her not to. She eats bad food. She I don't know if she's the most positive person. We're not that close, but she just does what makes her happy. So I think to me, it sounds like Betty White above anything all the negativity in the world all the unhealthy food she eats it seems like the thing she does to keep herself going is that just keeping her soul happy she does what she wants to do and she keeps herself in a positive headspace and everyone around her in a positive headspace and just really creates just an environment and aura of good vibes so what we can learn here from betty white is that a healthy soul is just as important as a healthy body and the thing that will really keep you alive beyond your vegetables and your greens is that being happy and just having good vibes is gonna take you the longest way you you could potentially be here for a good time and a long time and it seems like that is what betty white has taught us so thank you betty Well, thank you guys for tuning into Pop Culture University today. Let's review what we learned. So from Taylor Swift, we learned to stand up for yourself and do not let others take credit for your work. And don't take shit from anyone. From Kim and Kanye, we learned uh, set healthy boundaries and you need to find a way to move on in a really healthy way that doesn't include buying the house right next to your ex. And from Betty White, we learned that a happy soul is the thing that is going to keep you alive the longest. You can be here for a good time and a long time. So thank you to all the celebrities who <laughs> helped us learn today at Pop Culture University. And thank you for tuning in. I hope you had a decent time listening and felt like you learned something. Thanks for hanging out. If you could rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts, just give it a five star. You don't even have to write a review. Just give it a five star. It helps so much. Follow it on Spotify. Tell your friends. Maybe like post about it or something. But I would appreciate all of that. Thank you for listening and have the best day. And I'll see you next time. Class dismissed. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.